At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever for the revealing and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. We are on the series of created for on purpose, and we've gone over uh, several areas where God wants to allow us to walk in his purpose and his passion. Last week, Joe Sklepik spoke on work, and uh, I'm still pulling the daggers out, amen, <laughs> as it was right, right on word of God. Um, for any speaker, we are given this privilege and opportunity to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted, amen? So we pray that that happens to you today. Whatever you need, you will receive from the Lord based on, on his word. And then the week before, Mike Shreve brought uh, an awesome message on our ability to relate. We were created for relationships, amen? We were created to love on each other, to serve one another, to give each other, to bless each other. And without relationships, we are a lost people. The church was meant to be done in a family atmosphere together. And I tell my family, if anybody messes with family, they're going to get one of these. Amen? And that should be our, our relationship when it comes to our, to our family. We make allowances for each other, for each other's faults. We keep no record of wrong, do we? We love and we serve and we give and we hope the best and we believe the best for each other because of Christ's power and the Holy Spirit's anointing upon our lives. So we're so grateful for um, the fact that we are created in his image to be poured out by the power of God and allow the power of God to flow through us as he is poured out. God is a God, awesome God that pours out. Isn't it true? He loves to extravagantly and excessively pour himself out on people. We see this time and time again through every Every book of the Bible, every story in the Word of God is a story of God's pouring out and reaching down to a lost and broken people. And that's, that's why we love them. That's why we love them. Today, we're going to talk about created for rest. Nothing like coming home from a hard-fought, exhausting day where you're shot, your body aches, you're aggravated, you're frustrated, and then you open up your cozy, warm, soft bed where your wife just changed the sheets, and it's awesome. You slide on in, and you rest. I remember when I was doing FedEx in Long Island, every night I never remembered how I got to the bed. I was that tired. 12 hours a day working, it was, seemed like once I pulled the covers down, it was just like, beep, restful, restful, restful. We need our rest in, our, in a physical sense, isn't it true? The Bible says that there is a rest for the people of God. 
a rest that brings release, a rest that brings the freedom to allow God to mold us and to shape us and to form us into his image. There's a freedom and a release that when somebody offends you and hurts you, you can let it go. When somebody, when somebody uh, misrepresents you or turns on you in a relationship, you're able to let it go. You're able to release that because of this awesome, awesome sense of a restful attitude when it comes to every circumstance and every situation. We need the rest of God. We need a Sabbath rest that only Jesus can give through every circumstance and every situation. Let's face it, friends. Life is hard, isn't it? Life is broken and life is messy. But there's a rest for the people of God that through any storm and any trial, there's a peace that passes any and all understanding. There's a peace that mounts guard over our heart and mind in Christ Jesus, where Christ tells you in the midst of the storm, you're okay, I got you. Amen? Amen? Some people get knocked over by the wave. But those that have a rest in God, we ride the wave, don't we? <laughs> we surf the wave of circumstance and situation because of this awesome rest of God that he gives. Augustine said, God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Wow, that is awesome. Every once in a while when you're watching a TV show, these beautiful, like, resort places come on TV that show the beaches and the boats and these people with figures that God knows where they came from, you know, and they're... They're on the beach, and there's uh, gazebos, and there's boats, and there's dining, and there's laughter, and there's fun. And you're sitting there after a hard day's work like, wow, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. But you know, there's a rest that God can give in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our failure. There's a rest that will keep us going in him that is unbelievable. And we're going to talk about it tonight, today. There was uh, a ship in 1986. Philadelphia had a sanitation strike. And for about 20 days, there was a strike where no garbage was picked up. And what they did was they, they I believe they burned the garbage and they put it on a freighter. And this freighter just went out to sea. And what happened was no port, no city, no country would receive this freighter because of the toxicity of the garbage that was, that was there. It was on the open seas for years without finding a port, without finding release. 28 million tons of trash burned and had become toxic it had, it, had to place, it had no place to dock, no city, no country wanted it. It was the most unwanted ship. No place to dock, no place to release its toxicity. Is there a ring, Tim? Yeah? yeah. yeah. I thought that was my, my old age kicking in or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, think about when people come to church 
They come with the toxicity of their life, the brokenness, the pain, uh, the hurt, the adversity. And they come on a Sunday and they get refueled. But yet they venture back out into the sea of life with the same brokenness, the same hurt, the same pain, the same lack of freedom to live their life the way um, it's supposed to be lived. If you're weighed down with the stuff of life, the garbage, and the toxicity, Jesus this morning wants to give you a place to dock, a place where you can release it. Amen? We all have uh, past experiences that have brought hurt and brought pain. And many of us live in the past without enjoying the present or without having a vision for the future because of that past. Jesus wants to come in and release you from the toxicity and the brokenness of your past life, your past sin, the experiences that haunt you, the thoughts that haunt you every day about your past. He wants to release it. Not just to be refueled, and that's what the ship did. It would come into port to be refueled and then venture out into the sea, the open seas. Matthew eleven twenty five is uh, an awesome passage of scripture. Uh, Kim, I'm going to use this thing, okay? Because it reminds me of my brakes when I drive my car, the, the, the ringing, okay? So um, we'll, use, uh, we'll, we'll use this. Matthew eleven twenty five says, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to, to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. See, here in this passage of scripture, he's getting ready to tell you about how you can release your burden, how you can get to the garbage of your life and how you can find rest in it, let it go, and then let God. He says, I thank you that you have hidden this from the wise and the intelligent. Friends, we have to understand that there's no wisdom on this earth, no education, there's nothing that we can learn that will turn our lives around in which we can stand before a holy God and be just and be righteous. Amen? The Bible says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, as the scriptures say, He traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. Jesus had unbelievable dealings with those that were know-it-alls, right? Those that uh, thought they had it all figured out. They came to Jesus and they tried to trick him. They tried to get him. But you can't get the Son of God, people, right? It was unbelievable. The passage in Mark chapter 2, let's turn over to Mark chapter 2 and verse 22. Mark chapter 2, verse 22. And it reads like this. No, it doesn't read like that. (coughs) 
23. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. Let's go right there, okay, guys? Here we go. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God. What is that word? I can't even see it. I need my glasses. Sorry. He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest, broke the the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So we see Jesus uh, and his disciples were walking through a grain field and they were hungry and they snapped off from some grain. They rubbed it together and they threw the grain in their mouths. They had a little snack. The Old Testament law regarding the keeping of the Sabbath in no way prohibited picking grain and rubbing it in your fingers and eating it to satisfy one's hunger. The traditional law, the man-made law, added many rules and regulations that were nothing more than mere man-made traditions. These traditions were rigid concerning the Sabbath observance. Listen to this. The Talmud, the book of Jewish traditions, has 24 chapters listing various Sabbath laws. Wow, wow, that's a lot. Here's some. You could not travel more than 3,000 feet from your house. You were not allowed to carry anything that weighed more than a dried fig. You couldn't carry a needle for fear you might sew something. Taking a bath was forbidden because the water might splash on the floor and wash it. Women were not to look in the mirror. They might pull a gray hair. Even back then. Wow. (laughs) Having been observed by the Pharisees, the disciples were charged by the Pharisees with violating two of man's traditional Sabbath laws, plucking the grain and rubbing it. See, friends, Jesus has to come in and free us from religiosity regulations and rules because you know what we do we make the sabbath a god instead of making god the god of the sabbath jesus brought up these the fact that david went into the house of god and took the the showbread that only the priests were allowed to eat what a what a nerve amen here we see jesus saying guys take it easy they were hungry there was a human need there was compassion on david that he would feed his men. See, the Sabbath was made so that man could reach people's needs, reach the brokenhearted, touch the lives. In another occasion, the, the Pharisees came down on Jesus for healing somebody on the Sabbath. I mean, it got so bad that it was, it was incredible, guys. This religiosity that does not bring release, but it brings a bondage in our hearts and lives. Jesus told told the Pharisees that you bring down a heavy, heavy weight upon people, a burden that people cannot bear. And guess what? Jesus come to release those burdens. Amen? How many of you grew up trying to be a good kid? 
Some of you in the room are trying to be a good, good adult, but you need help. You need the Savior to come in and change us and transform us and give us life and give us uh, this new sense of what God has for us. Verse, uh, back to Matthew chapter 11. And we see here, it says this, My father has entrusted everything to me. In verse 27, No one truly knows the son except the father. No one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. The awesome thing about Jesus is that he wants to reveal the intimacies and knowledge that the Father and the Son share. He wants us to come into that fellowship and into that relationship. Isn't that awesome? You ever have a group of people that you really love to be a part of, but they never invited you? And you're always like, man, I want to be a part of that. I wonder what's going on. How come I'm not invited, you know? Hey, you got the greatest invitation for all eternity, the Father and the Son. Have this love-fest relationship in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is telling us that if you have your own way of doing things, if you have uh, the wisdom of this world, if you keep doing things your own way, coming up with your own ideas, establishing uh, things in your life, fortresses in your life, that need to be torn down, strongholds in your life that come against the knowledge and the wisdom and the intimacy of God that he wants to share with you. That's your own fault. You need to break that down. But the intimacies of the Father and the Son are shared with us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to reveal that to us. But you know what? You're not going to get that from Yale or Harvard. You're not going to get it from ECC. You're not going to get it from Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton the Democrat Party, the Republican Party. You're not going to get it from Congress. It comes through this relationship with Jesus Christ that opens the door to an intimate relationship with God Almighty in his omnipotence, his omniscience, and his omnipresence. The wonder of who God is can be revealed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Awesome thought, isn't it? Let's get, let's get to the point where we see how this works. The Bible says that he gives these things not to the clever, not to the wise, not to the, the elite, but to the childlike. This is interesting. Because when I think of children, I think of trouble, okay? All right? We got good kids. Don't get me wrong. When I think of children, I think of trouble. Jesus wants us to be childlike, but I think this is what he means. When I was about five or seven years old, my father was making $50 a week as a pastor with five kids in the Bronx, Pelham Bay Bronx. But you know what? When I was five or seven, I never worried about food. I never worried about where I was going to sleep. I never worried about love. I never, ever, ever worried that I would, I would be, not be taken care of. You know why? Because I had my big daddy taking care of me. I had my mom loving me and caring for me. 
And this is the thing that we have to understand is that God is going to take care of us. God is going to love on us. We are his child, and he loves to provide for his children. Amen? So we have to be childlike in this, in this fact, that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus, and that he desires to give and bless and flow down upon our lives blessings. But here's the thing, as children of God, why do we think we know better than God? Why do we interject our wisdom of this world into the plans, provisions, protections, blessings of God? It would be crazy. It would be like a five-year-old interjecting uh, his opinion on the, uh, what investment portfolio you, you need to get into. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's really weird. Or how to run the household or how to spend the bills or, you know, it's just nuts, right? So why do we do that? We take things upon ourselves and we do not rest in his care and in his great love. So we have to be childlike. Then the Bible says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. The idea is that we have to come, right? What blocks us from coming to the Lord? What's that? Ourselves. What blocks us from uh, coming to the Lord? We have a built-in thing in our hearts that we can fix stuff, especially guys, right? We can fix stuff. We can get things done, man. And we try and we try and we try and then we we fail and then we ask God, God, uh, maybe you can step in, right? But as children of God, we need to realize and trust him and come to him. The Bible says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. There's a difference between sleepy and weary, right? When you're sleepy, all you need is to fall down and you'll fall asleep, right? Weary is the idea that there's so many cares and concerns upon your heart, so many circumstances and situations that you're thinking about that you are so weary that you cannot rest, you cannot sleep. This is what Jesus is saying. To a world that was caught up in this unbelievable religiosity, 24 chapters about the Sabbath, all these rules and regulations, he's saying, listen, forget those rules and regulations. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Here's the, here's the thing. Weary. You know, there's that saying, there's no rest for the weary. And it's true. How many of you have concerns and cares upon your heart that keep you up at night? You need the rest of the Lord. Amen? How many have concerns about your children, about your health, about your provision? Come to Jesus and... Cast your cares on him, and he'll take care of you. Come to him this morning. And then uh, he carries heavy laden and heavy burdened. Um, There's a dude in this building right now that lost 170 pounds. That's a lot of weight. He was heavy laden. He was burdened down. He lost 170 pounds. Jesus has come and asked us to rest in him and allow, allow him to take our burdens and to take our cares. And here's the way to do it. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. 
because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Take my yoke upon you. This is a weird term, isn't it? Farming term where they, where, where they hooked up a mature, seasoned, experienced ox with a immature, lazy, doesn't know what he's doing ox. And they link them up in this wooden yoke or this harness in which the mature, seasoned, experienced ox would basically drag this little dude around until he learned what he should do, right? And he was taught by this, by this seasoned, experienced, bigger ox on how to plow up the field and how to do it. And what we've done is we've taken yokes that have brought us pain, sorrow, and discouragement. Jesus is asking, listen, rip off that yoke or that harness. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Let me teach you. How many times uh, in your life have you, has your car broken down? Right? And uh, it's great that you ha- we have AAA now, because AAA is awesome. Um, I lost my keys, and I called them up, and they gave me a break on paying for the keys, and I was able to get another set. Um, but when your car breaks down, you're on the side of the road. You got no power. You're not going anywhere. You're just there. You need a more seasoned, more powerful, more uh, bigger thing to come along and to harness to you, right? And to drag you to a place where you can get fixed and repaired and worked on. And friends, the first thing about salvation is to realize that we're broken, we need repair, we need fixing, and there's nowhere that we're going except from this spot unless Jesus comes and harnesses himself to us, takes us to a place where we are repaired and we are fixed and we are restored. Amen? If you're broken down, don't try pushing. Don't try pushing. Call the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and allow him to harness up to you and allow him to take you where you need to be fixed and you need to be uh, restored. Then the Bible says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I am humble and gentle at heart. Isn't that awesome? You know, there's nothing like being dealt with an arrogant, prideful person. Isn't it something? Because right away you feel like you are given the opportunity, privilege, and honor to humiliate them and bring them down to a spot where they are humbled, right? We're so, so awesome that Jesus is humble and gentle at heart that he did not think it robbery to be stripped of his glory and his splendor from heaven come down and minister to us and bring us to a place where we can find, find rest. He's humble and he's gentle. My yoke is easy and the burden I give you is light. This word easy in the Greek has the sense that it's serviceable to you. It's custom made for your life. Amen? David tried to use Saul's armor, didn't he? We try to use things of the world to try to get by 
and it's not easy. We stress, we get discouraged. Frustration is a big, big element of a lot of people's lives. They're just frustrated as, at life because nothing ever, ever goes right. There's anger, there's wrath, there's malice. Jesus wants to come and give you a custom-made yoke just for you to use your past experiences, to use your mindset, to use your heart, to reveal himself to you, to give you rest so that you can go and give rest to others. It's easy. Amen? 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. Let's flip over there. 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. If somebody gets that, read that out loud, okay? I've had too much butter on my toast this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. Who's got it? God has given it. Okay. Right. Go ahead, Rose. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. In other versions, it says that we need to steward the manifold grace of God. The manifold grace of God or the multifaceted grace of God is like a prism. When his light hits our lives, colors come out and touch and reach other people's lives. Isn't that awesome? When we are given this yoke, it's easy. And the burden is light. How many of you have uh, ever walked through the airport or you've you've traveled and you've carried the big heavy luggage thing? I've done this. And then someone says to you, hey, that thing's got wheels, you know. (laughs) What? And then, you know, you pull up the handle and then you're like, yeah, right on. This is cool. (laughs) And you felt like a doofus. You know, you're carrying through this thing and it's got wheels. Listen, your burden, your circumstance or your situation might not change at all. But guess what? God wants to lighten the burden. He wants to carry you. See? He wants to carry you. A lot of us have been lugging around this baggage for, for years, years and years. Jesus says, listen, learn of me. Take my yoke today. Harness yourself to me and unstrap yourself from the wisdom of the world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Harness yourself to me and learn of me. The reason the Israelites in the Old Testament did not come into their Sabbath rest, come into the promised land and died in the wilderness, is they had unbelief and disobedience towards God. I want to encourage you today to live your life based on God's say-so and not on your feeling-so. God's say-so and not on your feeling-so. So many times God in my life has has worked on my life when I felt exactly the opposite. But what I was confessing was the word of God, what God said. Amen. I'm sorrowful and I'm lonely. But Lord, you say that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. I'm stricken with poverty. I got no money. But Lord, you said in your word that your grace is sufficient for me and you will supply all my need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. In the feeling You're uttering the words of faith. Amen? Amen. This is a big, big thing. I want all of us to leave today having docked at the safe haven of Christ's grace and love 
emptied out our garbage and our rubbish and our religiosity and be renewed in the power of our the power of his grace to see what he has for us and to find this awesome awesome rest i've talked to some of you this morning and you're going through a lot i was talking to one lady and she said it we were talking and it seems like at the same time everything happens in one big bloop right down on us amen but in that bloop, we can have rest because of the wonderful peace that God gives. Rest is our strength today. Closing, I want, I want you to think about what you're harnessed up to. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're looking to something else other than, than Christ and his yoke and learning of him today and it's it's gotten you down a path where you're lost you're broken down you need repair you need fixing but right around the corner is triple a for father the son and the holy spirit amen now, i, I want to pray today that god will harness himself to you in such a way that you've never ever experienced it before where he yokes up to you where you hang on to him and never let go Jacob wrestled the angel of the Lord, which many feel was an incarnation or an, a, a, an angel who was actually Jesus Christ. I love wrestling. Let's wrestle today, amen? Let's say to God, God, please don't leave me until you bless me, until you come and change my ways, change my focus. All the things that I've been attached to that have been brought brokenness and have brought uh, despair. I pray, O oh God, today that I leave them and I harness myself to you. I give you my past, give you my present, and I give you my future today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Augustine said it, God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. So, Lord, I pray, O oh God, that you touch our hearts, touch our lives. There's a rest and a peace that we can experience 24-7, knowing that our life and times are in your hands, and you're a good, 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 good Father, and you love us today. Pray for rest over each of my brothers and sisters as we, you minister to our hearts and minister to our lives. God is going to be scratching at you and gnawing at you to drop some things, to cut some ties, to let things go in order to receive the yoke, the harness of God's grace and his love today. Let him speak to you. Let him talk to you. He wants to hook up with you and harness you today. In the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.